The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 3rd, 2022. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, and Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Wow, 2022. Happy New Year to all our fans and listeners. My wish for all of us is that we have peace of mind, good health, loving relationships, and continued prosperity. And hopefully this will be the year that we see more justice coming into our world. Uh, lots going on, and I find myself having an attitude of gratitude that I got through 2021. And another thing that's very exciting, that Ken and I, we are going to be coming into our 10th year here uh, on Women's Spaces. So happy anniversary. It's going to be in November, but, you know, here it is the first of the year. Actually, this is January 3rd. You know, we might as well say, hey, congratulations, 10 years on the air here at KBBF uh, live every Monday morning. I'm really excited about that. Well, I have a special guest for me this morning. Uh, joining me on the phone will be Reverend Dr. Patricia uh, Keel, who is a longtime student of metaphysics and a spiritual teacher in the, metaphys- in the mystical tradition. Patricia was the founding minister of the Unity of Berkeley Church and is currently a frequent guest minister at all Unity churches. All of us uh, sit down All of us sit down for the first of the year and we make New Year's resolutions with the goal of improving our lives or gaining something for ourselves. Well, we're going to talk about that and perhaps give you more meaning and more ideas about uh, New Year's and about metaphysics and how we can bring it into our world and, you know, looking at the difference between uh, resolutions and affirmations. Well... I have a special condolences this morning to the family of Benny Benji, Benjamin Benji Swenson Aguirre at the age of uh, 55 of, of uh, Sebastopol, uh, peacefully passed to his eternal home on December 15, 2021. He is preceded in death by his parents, Ken and Nancy Aguirre, and he's a survived by his adoring wife, Michelle. And Michelle was a real good friend of my daughter, Susan, when she was growing up with a teenager and my my heart goes out to the uh, Swenson Aguirre family. Benji was a real, real delightful person to know, and blessings to all of them. So, special condolences to ben- Benjamin Benji Swenson Aguirre family. Oh, it's so sad when that happens. But you know something? That's why we have to have an attitude of gratitude. Each day is a gift. Each day is a marvelous gift. When I wake up in the morning, I say, thank you, Creator. Thank you for another day. And thank you for another year, 2022. And, hey, I got a little bit of trivia today. You know, every once in a while I go and I look and and I try to find out, is this a special day? Well, a little bit of trivia. This day marks the creation of the modern drinking straw. (laughs) <laughs> and is celebrated by drinking all day's liquids through a straw. 
It doesn't have to be a plastic straw either. You know, you can get one that's recyclable or one that you can use uh, over again. So I just thought I would, uh, I just would throw that in. Well, you know, I always go through uh, our history as our strength. Why is that important? You know, let's, let's just think about it. Because when we look at our history and we look at some of the things that women have done, for me personally, I feel it gives me more courage and more inspiration. So on January 3rd, which is today, uh, Margaret Chase Smith, she was a Republican from Maine, starts her 10 year in the Senate, where she stays in office until 1973. She became the first woman to serve in both the House and Senate as she previously served in the House from 1940 to 1949. Amazing. The first woman to have accomplished that. And then on January 5th, a real interesting woman uh, came into power. Natalie Taylor Ross was uh, inaugurated as the first woman governor in the U.S. history for the state of Wyoming. What a, you know, that is really amazing. The first woman of the state of Wyoming. You know, it takes a lot of energy for a woman to run for office. It's getting a little bit easier now. More and more women are coming forward, but it's still a struggle. And there's still an attitude like, oh, I don't know, women, you know, maybe they should be home. They're the ones that should be tending to the children, you know, not getting political. Well, what's good about 2022 is women now have choice. If they want to run for office, they can, if they want to put all that energy in. And there's some really, really fine women here in our county that are doing some incredible work. Well, we got a few happy birthdays here. Uh, January 2nd, 1895, and she made her, her transition in 1989. Uh, Sadie Alexander, she was the first black woman to edit the University of Pennsylvania's Law Review. She helped craft state and civil rights acts, designated Washington's national airport in late 1940s, and worked with the Urban League and ACLU. Well, happy birthday, uh, Sadie Alexander. Wow, so many young African-American women have made such an impact, and oftentimes we don't know about them. You know, they haven't been written in history, so I think it's very important that we acknowledge these women. Well, here's a, one of my favorite people and who had a real, real uh, impact on the women's movement and the ability to get the vote, which was January 3rd, 1793, and she made her transition in 1880, Lucetta Mott. Woman's white, uh, women's rights pioneer, Quaker, minister, pacifist, <laughs> and I want to say a special, special happy birthday to Molly Murphy McGregor, a dear friend of mine, but also the founder of the National Women's History Project, now called the National Women's History Alliance. Happy birthday, Molly Murphy McGregor. She was born the same day as Lucetta Mott. What an honor that is. I mean, now I understand why she, she had that activism. Molly had that activism in her, in her blood. I remember when Molly and I were going to Sonoma State together and we were walking to one of our classes and she says, you know, Elaine, we don't know if there's any women in art. And I said, women in art? I never heard of women in art. And that's how the, the first beginning of the National Women's History Project here in Sonoma County. 
Well, another one of my favorite people, and she's still alive and does incredible, credible work. She was born January 4, 1943, Doris Kearns Goodwin. And she's a historian. She was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for Lincoln, also wrote the Fitzgerald and the Kennedys and Lyndon Johnson, all these different biographies. And also I saw many, many of her programs uh, from uh, that she did historically. Amazing work. That's happy birthday to Doris Kearns Goodwin. And then my last person who was born January 5th, 1893, and made her transition in 1987, Elizabeth Libba Cotton. She was a songwriter and a singer. She rode freight train at the age of 11, worked as a cook for Ruth Crawford, and shared Southern songs still sang in festivals. At 67, she was named one of the 75 influential African-American women in I Dream a World in 1989. Amazing woman, amazing women, and ladies, all my listeners out there, these are the shoulders that we are standing on. These are the pioneers who moved forward, who took that first step, that first step to open their mouths and make a statement and do something to help make the world a better place. Not only for women, but when you make the world a better place for women, you make the world a better place for children, you make the world a better place for men, you make the world a better place for all. After all, we're the ones who bring life into this world, and we need to be acknowledged for that. So congratulations to all these women that I spoke about and all their accomplishments, because they give me confidence. I think of some of the, the, the challenges they had, some of the challenges that I don't have as a privileged white woman in many, in many levels. But these women step forward, and I say thank you. Well, we're going to have a lot to cover today with the Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel. I just, I just want to make sure that I give her all the time in the world. So we're going to take a musical break right now. And you know, I'm addicted to this song. I have to, I have to say that. It's a song written by Neil Young, but I also found it uh, sung by a group called Frozen Heart. And I'm telling you, I am addicted to this song. Every time I feel down, or every time I feel like I can't go on or I, I, th- this is ridiculous or whatever, whatever thought I have, I look and I listen to this song. And I just, I just love it. I just love it. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play Light a Candle, sung by Frozen Heart. This song was written, like I said, by uh, Neil Young. And I just love this arrangement. And when we return, we will be talking to Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel, who's a longtime student of metaphysics and a spiritual teacher in the mystical tradition. And we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions.
When the light of time is on us, we will see what we can be. And the ancient ones can sleep an easy sleep. In the hallways of the ages, on our road to history, what we do now will always be with us. It's a chance to give new meaning to every move we make in the caverns and the caves. Light a candle. That's you know. I just want to. I just want to repeat two lines in here. In the hallways of the ages, on the road to history, what we do now will always be with us. It's a chance to give new meaning to every move we make in the caverns, in the caves where we come from. And I see that as the history of humanity. Can you imagine the first people? I mean, how did they know to eat food? <laughs> I mean, I mean, we just think of how far humanity has come. And if we don't start thinking about things, you know, this is very, in the hallways of the ages, on the road to history, what we do now will always be with us. And I'm thinking of the interview before with Amy, with Amy Goodman talking about the Colorado fires when she said they knew about it for decades. And now it comes, and all of a sudden, the damage and when they could have prevented it. So that's a very important line. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holt. And I'm really excited. I am really excited about what 
with me, on, joining me on the phone is Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel. Dr. Keel, welcome, welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much, Elaine, and Happy New Year to you and Ken and to all of our listeners. It's wonderful to be with you again. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And before we, before we begin, may I tell our listeners just a little bit about you? Sure. Reverend Dr. Patricia Keel is a longtime student of metaphysics and a spiritual teacher combining Eastern metaphysics with Eastern, excuse me, Western metaphysics with Eastern metaphysics. She believes that every woman carries within her the wisdom, the insight, and inner strength to overcome challenges and create miracles in the world. Her work as a teacher, coach, speaker, and trainer spans over 30 years with diverse groups from all cultures, faiths, and traditions. Patricia was the founding minister of Unity of Berkeley and is currently a frequent guest minister at Unity Churches. Her study in India over the past 14 years brings a unique depth to her work as East meets Western spirituality. Boy, that's an interesting thought. I personally have heard her talk several times and thought since I was so inspired by what she had to say, I wanted my listeners to also have that opportunity. And she was on with me last year to bring in the New Year's, and here we are again in 2022. So welcome, welcome, Patricia. It's okay if I call you Patricia, right? Please, please, please. Uh, Is there anything that you would like to add, my friend? Well, no, I'm just looking forward to our conversation today, Elaine. Really excited about talking about the new year and just being on this woman's show. It's so powerful to connect with you and connect with unity and connect with who we are as women in the world. Well, thank you for saying that. And, you know, let's let's start the conversation out then. Let's talk a little bit about unity and its mission and also give a little bit of history. And, you know, Myrtle Fillmore really was a, the power behind it as far as I'm concerned from all the readings I have done. So talk a little bit about her if that's okay. Yes, Myrtle is, um, she's just She's always in my heart, and it's so interesting because Unity, people often think about Unity, and they know the writings of Charles Fillmore, her husband, who actually was nine years her junior. And it's interesting because Charles himself was not an educated man. He really grew up in the back country and in the woods and was gifted with meeting a woman who saw something inside of him and gave him many, many books to read. And so over time, he self-educated. Myrtle, on the other hand, uh, was an educated woman. She went to Oberlin College, and at that time, that was very unusual. And when she and Charles met, she was a teacher. They met in Texas. Uh, she was a teacher, and Charles was working uh, at that time. And they developed a friendship that was based on their connection with a deeper understanding of who they were as spiritual beings. Myrtle was very connected to nature. And over time, as they came to know each other, and even as they he traveled and she stayed there for a long time, they came back together and ultimately married and had a, several children. Myrtle, her whole life, had been suffering with dis-ease and when she was a young mother she was diagnosed as many women were in that time with tuberculosis and because of her deep faith she 
and Charles began to attend some lectures that were given by students of Emma Curtis Hopkins. Now, and for some of your readers, some of your listeners who may be interested to know more about unity and the origins of unity and how Myrtle came to be such a light in the world, Emma Curtis Hopkins was a, a student of Mary Baker Eddy, the woman who founded Christian Science. And Emma Curtis Hopkins literally moved away from Mary Baker Eddy and began her own ministry. And at an event one day, Charles and Myrtle heard one of her students, a man named E.B. Weeks, Dr. E.B. Weeks, and what he spoke went directly into Myrtle's heart. He said, you are a child of God, therefore you do not inherit sickness. And Myrtle heard these words and literally went back home and began to pray and to speak to the vitality of every organ and cell in her body. Rather than pronouncing herself sick, she was celebrating the vitality within herself. And this was the beginning, literally, of a transformation in her health, which really inspired her husband, Charles, who was a deep student of metaphysics. And he began to pray. He began to go into the stillness and the silence. And out of his his deep wisdom, much of the metaphysics of unity were uh, birthed in books and in lectures. Myrtle, on the other hand, became someone who wrote letters to neighbors, talked to people about the health and vitality they held in their body, and there were many healings as, as a result of this. It turned out, and I'm sort of telling a long story, but it, this is why I feel Myrtle is such a wisdom keeper for all of us women. When she was 86... She was completely cleared of tuberculosis early on, after her many, many, many days and weeks of meditating to the health and vitality of her body. But when she was 86, she was working at Unity Village, writing letters, and she closed everything up in her desk and walked around to all her staff members and said, I think I can do my work better from the other side. Oh, my goodness. She went home, and three weeks later, she passed away. Oh, and my... I believe today she's doing her work from the other side very, very mightily for all of us. So that's the story of Myrtle Fillmore. That's amazing. Well, she certainly has had an impact on me. I mean, I was I was really blessed. I studied with uh, with Warren and Marguerite Meyer, who were actually students of hers. And it was it was an amazing, amazing experience of things that, that we had to do. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I find about Unity and about a lot of the metaphysical teachings is that they're, they're, the writing of affirmations, the writing of, you know, positive things, Things, positive sayings, and here we are in the New Year's where we do New Year's resolutions. <laughs> you know, so and I believe they're important, but oftentimes one of the things that I find is many times, especially when I write my own resolutions, I don't make them. I don't. I don't accomplish it. So I thought we would talk a little bit about resolutions and how it fits in with what Myrtle and Charles Fillmore were teaching, and what is the difference, and and how important are resolutions, and what are the difference between a resolution, say, and a an affirmation so I have to say this is such a powerful topic for us to speak to in this time because I think that we have often misconstrued not only um, what a resolution can be for us 
But also, even at some level, we've misconstrued how unity understands an affirmation and what an affirmation can mean for us. You know, basically, affirmation is to make firm, to make something firm, to create a foundation for ourselves. And we often think about affirmations. We say, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am prosperous, I am free. You know, I am a child of God. This was an affirmation that Myrtle heard. But I think what we need to really grok, if I can use that word, we, we need to really hold in a, in a different way this idea of affirmation, of resolution, also in, incorporating into this whole kind of gestalt field of moving into the new year, this idea of an intention that we set that is held in a vision. There's so many words that kind of all come together for us. The idea of carrying a vision or having a mission or having a goal, having a resolution. And what is an intention or a desire? How does all that kind of fit in consciousness? Because what we're talking about, Elaine, is consciousness, isn't it? Well, you know, talk, talk a little bit. Just be, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that word consciousness is very important. Can you just give us a little idea of what you Ab- mean by consciousness? Absolutely. And, and this is, to me, this is the crux of where if there ever has been a misunderstanding for us, and again, like you say, for many of us, we've had a resolution, but whatever that resolution was never came to pass. We put a goal out there of something we wanted. Part of the reason is because for many of us, we're holding in our consciousness, in the awareness that we have that includes not only the thoughts that we're thinking. Our consciousness is much greater than just the thoughts that we're thinking. Our consciousness holds the feeling nature, what's going on inside our heart and inside our body. Our consciousness also is much greater than just our individual thought feeling nature. Our consciousness is deeply impacted by the collective, the consciousness that's out in the field. And of course, we can all see that right now in the world. Well, so this is... Just, go ahead. I, I just want to say this. We can see this in the world by some of the negativity that's taking place. And also, also one of the things that I think is important, especially that line in that, uh, in that, uh, in that song, which is, I'm, I'm so addicted to that song. It's becoming your theme song when you come on <laughs> and on the air with me every New Year. It's a chance. It says, in the hallways of the ages on the road of history, what we do now will always be with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is what I, and and here's something where I want to just make a twist on what that last line is, what we do now, because this is the key that we need to really begin to unpack for ourselves. So often, as human beings, we're caught up in our doing. We're caught up in the doing, and for most people, a resolution is about doing something, either doing something that we have never done before or doing something that we do habitually differently. You know, people who want to lose weight, they're going to have to do something differently to lose that weight. If we want to go climb a mountain, we're going to have to do something. If we want to <laughs> write a book, we're going to have to do something. But the key here, and this is, the, this is where I think Myrtle, Myrtle really understood this, but it wasn't unpacked fully for us. And that's why my work with India and going to India, now it's been literally 16 years I've been going to India, um, has really helped me understand more. Because 
beyond the human doing is the human being and it's in the quality of the being nature of who we are that we need to hold the new vision for whatever it is we want to create in the world we need to hold it collectively and we need to hold it individually and i totally believe that as we hold within ourselves a field of peace a field of connection a field of calm a field of love a field of individual strength and power as we hold this as women as men and women together that from that place whatever it is that we are called to be and to do it will emerge in a very different way than if we're holding it from a place of anger a place of distrust a place of disconnection because we can't create something powerful and positive from those states those stressful states this is what is so powerful about what I my teachers call in India they call it creating a spiritual vision it's the basis of what all the goals that we want to create it's that inner state that we want to hold everything from well you know it brings back it brings back to memory uh, an affirmation that uh, Marguerite Meyer gave me which was I was looking at the time I was looking <laughs> I was looking for a relationship and it was very interesting it was through this affirmation that I actually met Ken <laughs> which is which is amazing to me and it went like this the perfect mate I am seeking is seeking me and we find each other now thank you creator for the perfect mate and so in that in that affirmation is the desire you know, the, the, the uh, affirmation of waiting, knowing that it's happened, it's going to happen, and then the acceptance that it has happened, even though it's, even though it's not. It's holding that vision, I think, is what you're saying. Holding that affirmation as a vision, and it's a little bit different than a resolution. Absolutely. And, you know, as you say that, I'm reminded of one of my other favorite Unity teachers, and that is our wonderful Emily Cady who was a, she was a homeopath. She lived at the late turn of the century. And she said something that kind of ties in very much with what you said. She said, whenever we have a desire in our heart for something, so think desire in your heart, you had a desire for a mate. We have a desire in our heart for something to be different. That we wouldn't even feel that desire in the heart if it weren't already on its way to us. Just like your affirmation is saying, you know, Ken's out there looking to meet someone just like you. And that's a whole different way of holding something than saying, oh, I don't have it and I want it. You know, it's already here in us and we affirm that from a place of joy and connection and a deep knowing that it's already ours. That's exactly it. It's already ours. And that's, and that's where we, I think that's where we miss the mark because we do the resolution or we do the affirmation and there's a part of us that doesn't believe it's going to happen. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and that's where she, where we're saying in that affirmation, thank you, creator, for my prayer. You're thanking, you're, you're, you're saying it's here. And I have given that affirmation to people about jobs, about homes, and it's been a, an amazing, an amazing experience having people call you up and say, you know, that affirmation you gave me, it really worked. And it's because it's the knowledge of knowing. I, I think, and I think that's where, where Myrtle and Charles Fillmore really played. They knew, they knew that this was going to work. And, but they also knew that they had to work it. They had to work hard at it. Well, and that's part of what 
you know, we're learning in, in the new science, we're learning about how the brain activity for most people is, we have just thousands and thousands of thoughts. They say somewhere between 12 and 60,000 thoughts a day. And 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. And so this is where the power of an affirmation really comes in, whether you call it an affirmation or whether it's a spiritual practice where, as Charles Fillmore did, you go into the silence from a beautiful, receptive, calm place and just be present to that openness. And when you're in that space of openness, you feel your connection with the one presence, with the divine presence, the God life within you. It's a very, very powerful thing. Well, you know, I'm going to take a musical break, and I hope you can stay with me for the next half. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well, the musical break I'm going to take, because we're also talking about not only not only affirmations and resolutions, but also it sounds to me like visions, like you have to have a vision for something. It's, it's almost like you say, okay, I want, to, I want to see peace. That's my vision. And then all of a sudden you start writing all the different things you might do to help bring peace about. But you have to have that vision first. And there's a song I'm going to play. It's by Earth Mama. I just love Earth Mama. She's the one who wrote uh, "Standing on the Shoulders," and this is called mm. "This is called the Great Vision," and it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, inspired by a poem, an old traditional Irish melody called "Be Thou My Vision," an ancient Irish poem of the eighteenth of the eighth eighth number eighth century, and it's just it's just really an amazing song. So I would like to play this song now, take a musical Beautiful. break, and then when we come back, folks, we will be continuing this really wonderful conversation with Reverend Patricia Keel about affirmations and resolutions and New Year's and all the good stuff inside of us. I, I really appreciate this conversation, uh, Patricia. It is so inspiring to me and gives, and gives us more ideas. You know, affirmations are very important. Resolutions are very important. Visions are very important. All these things bring into play what we need to change the world. And we are visioning. Many of us are visioning. We're visioning the, you know, hoping people will get involved more with climate change and all the different things that have to happen. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play the great vision. And like I said, when we come back, we will be continuing our conversation with Reverend Patricia Keel.
about this. This was written in the 8th century, inspired by a traditional Irish melody. But the idea of the 8th century, it shows how long people have been struggling with these very issues. Anyway, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz. I'm your host. And with me, joining me on the phone is Reverend Patricia Neal. Welcome back, Patricia. Here we are again. Thank you, Elaine. Great to be with you. What do you think of that song? <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. And I was just looking up Earth Mama. She looks wonderful. Lots of different pieces of music she's offering for us. She's an amazing. Yeah. She's an amazing woman. Well, yeah. you know, let's let's get back to our topic. You know, I mean, the, the, Ken and I were actually singing the song as we were listening to it. it the, the words are so beautiful, and just thinking that in the eighth century they were still struggling with these issues, looking to the world. And there's this one there's this one line in there about the stars. You know, the Native Americans that we have friends that are always telling us we come from the stars. It's just it's just amazing. Well, Patricia, what I've experienced generally is the resolution that I make usually. That's it. You know, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. You know, I'm going to, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to clean my house perfectly the next year. You know, and oftentimes, you know, I kind of, it ends up not working out. What are some suggestions you have when people write their their resolutions and how they can integrate that with affirmations? Well, so for me, what I'm really coming to understand, and, and I have to say I'm not a big resolution maker anymore. <laughs> um, I'm it's okay. more about... I'm more about creating an intention and really finding a quality that I choose to embody throughout the year, which has been a great tradition and certainly was in my unity when I had unity at Berkeley and some other churches where you literally, we had a white stone ceremony and you 
write a new name, and the name is about the nature that you're going to hold. Um, so for me, it's about simple. <laughs> I'm all about simple, you know. And what I've noticed is that the best way I can create anything, whether it's something I want to create in the the day, in the morning that I want to do, the best thing I can do is I can move into a place where I'm not in a conflict inside me, where my mind isn't chitter-chattering away, telling me, oh, yes, you could do this and this would be wonderful. And then the other side of my mind is saying, well, these are all the reasons that you can't do it. You know, and I think most of us can identify with that inner chatter that goes on in, in the mind. Sometimes it's so subtle, though, because we're, we're, we're so used to it that it, it's, an, it's like an, kind of a background noise. And to be able to really take the time to quiet ourselves so that we have a moment of that silence inside is really important. And I think as we're creating newness in the year, however we choose to call that, whether it's a resolution or intention or a vision, I think it's really important for everyone to learn some simple tools to begin to quiet the mind. Because when we're in that more still place we're able to literally connect with others and for me it's all about the connection i have with others whether the other is my partner roy or whether it's you and ken now that we've had this connection never in person but virtually or whether it's the people that are listening um or my friends life is about connection it's about relationship and so when I get out of my own way and that inner chatter inside me and I feel that stillness, I'm able to connect to others. And it's from that place, that deep place of connection, that whatever it is that I'm called to do in the world becomes much greater and much grander and there's much more spaciousness for the ideas to emerge and for the collect collective and the collaboration to unfold. Well, you so, know, you, you said you said simple twice, and so I, I'm I'm one of these people that takes words, the letters of the words, simple. It's a sacred thing that's happening. It's a spiritual thing that happens. You need to go into the silence. You need to be still, and you need to have a lot of space. And that's the first letter S of simple. And I think that's really important for people to understand the importance of the, the inner self, the silence, the stillness. Would you agree with that? I would, and I actually have a really, I, I have a ABC process that I teach people, and you know, I can just tell you about it. Go right ahead for two, two seconds because it's about A is about awareness and attention. Where am I putting my attention, and what am I aware of? And B is about my breath. You know, and it's so important for us to begin to understand the power of the breath and how when we are allow ourselves to slowly inhale and even slower exhale, we begin to quiet all sorts of activity, not only in the mind, but also in the body. We move out of that fight-or-flight activity of the, of the sympathetic nervous system into a different place in our nervous system, and it calms us completely. So if we can pay attention, and I like to let people begin maybe pay attention, put your attention on your heart, and breathe in and slowly exhale with the energy focused, connected to the heart. 
So A is awareness, attention, B is breath, and C is connection. And I like to connect into places in my body in the beginning because I think it's just, we all have a body. You know, we know where the heart is. And so I use that practice all the time myself. I just take a deep inhalation and bring my awareness as I breathe into my heart. And as I exhale, I just literally feel the breath moving out, straight out from my heart. Such a powerful practice. ABC, awareness, breath, and connection. And then a calmness happens. A calmness happens in just a moment. Just bringing in the breath, especially if you breathe in and out through your nose. And when you inhale, you bring the air all the way down to the belly, not just a superficial breath up in the top of the chest, but inhaling deeply, bringing the awareness to the heart, expand the belly, and as you exhale, just imagine the exhalation going out from your heart. Well, you know, it's really interesting because last night... um Last night I was listening, we watched a movie, and I became so inspired, or actually it was an interview, I called a friend of mine, and I got so excited that my blood pressure just went off the wall. I could feel it going, rising, and I, I did exactly that, I did those ABCs, I, you know, I just became aware of it, you know, I'd start breathing, and suddenly I had this calmness, so, and then my blood pressure just came all the way down. It was, a, it was an amazing experience, you know, every, every once in a while, you know, one of the things that I try to do on the show is when, when I have guests come on that talk about things, I think it's important for me to share my own personal experience and give it a little bit of, of, of oomph. Well, you know, Patricia, time goes by really quickly in this studio. And what I would like to do is at, at, this, at this, early, this segment of the show is just talk about what are some of the challenges that you think are coming up this year for yourself and what kind of affirmations can you suggest, say, for, you know, there's so much going on in the world. I mean, there's these fires, there's this tornado. I mean, I can't believe what has happened alone in just in the month of December to throw people off. I mean, around Christmas, I mean, I can't imagine these poor people in, in Colorado, I mean, the New Year's having to face something like that. So what, what challenges are you facing or, or what do you think the world is facing and what, what suggestions can you give? So, you know, I do a morning meditation every morning online, and I have people from all over that come in. Actually, even sometimes a woman comes from Russia. But, um, you know, it's open to anybody who wants to come, and we do a morning meditation for about an hour at 8 o'clock in uh, Pacific time. And I hear what people are dealing with. You know, I hear people from Colorado, you know, I, people who are up in the north in uh up in, in California who got snowed in and had to be evacuated over Christmas and people that are dealing with health challenges and I have a number of friends right now who are supposed to go to India tomorrow and they were they got tested positive to COVID so their trip to India and all that money and the reservations are you know canceled so for me there's always something coming up in the outer it doesn't matter who I am or where I live there's something in the outer that could affect me and cause me stress. But what I know is when I, when I create that place and center for myself, the way I respond to any of those things, how I speak to people, what I choose to do in the world, and the presence that I carry, and you carry, Elaine, makes a difference. It makes a difference for each person I meet, and it makes a difference for me in terms of how I, I show up. And so 
this to me is what I'm called into in my life right now is I'm really called to move into higher states of enlightenment and to carry those states everywhere I go to the people I speak with to the people in my morning meditation on Zoom and you know everybody's welcome to join if they ever choose to you can go to my website patriciakill.com there's no charge we've been doing it since COVID started so some of these people have been with me for almost two years now but it's it's a passion I have and it's working um, people people are finding a peace even in the midst of the craziness that we're experiencing in the outer. Why why do you think that happens? I mean, when you say even though it's the craziness on the outer, somehow there's a little a peace. I mean, it sounds like, of course, it's the collective. It's people coming together with one intention, and that's to feel better, right? You know, or to be able to cope it's, to cope with what's going on. It's it's a collective, but it's also very much of an individual process for all of us. We're all called to connect into higher consciousness, however you want to call that, you know, higher power, your Christ consciousness, your Buddha nature. We're called into being this place that carries the highest of who we are as human beings. And as we carry that field, it's contagious for others. And the the collective begins to grow, the hundredth monkey, you know, the phase transition begins to happen. Uh, but it's, it starts with each one of us, just like Myrtle Fillmore. You know, she got the memo. She got the message. I am a child of God. I don't inherit sickness. And she did what she needed to do to create a space inside herself to heal her body and went on to be a healing presence for many, many hundreds of thousands of people and continues to do that through her very message to all of us. Well, you know, this is this is another conversation, but I have to say this. And I think that one of the issues that we have and one of the problems that people have, and all of a sudden it just hit me, is that we're too busy focusing on the outer rather than looking yeah. into our own inner strength. You know, you know, there's there's a saying that go to the Father within. I mean, I realize it's a little bit Christian, but that's okay, folks. You know, we're just having a conversation. Let's not put any judgments on it. But there, there is a saying that says go to the Father inside. And I believe that's going into the energy, the creative energy that from the beginning of time created us, and now we can use that energy to calm our mind, to to help us move forward. Is that kind of what, what we're saying here? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we all have this indwelling presence. It doesn't matter. It, it crosses all cultures and all religions or no religion. We know that place inside ourselves that's beyond space and beyond time, that's connected to all life. And that's what we're called to do, to find that place and to live from that place. It's a very beautiful place. It's a state of consciousness. Yes, it definitely is a state of consciousness and a state of being conscious, of being aware of where you are, who you are, and what your potential is. Well, we've come to the end of the segment, my friend. We have four minutes left. Ken just gave me the four-minute single. I love you, Ken. I I tell you, I couldn't do this without him. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, we're just such a team. And like I said, folks, it grew out of an affirmation that I did, and I did it for a year and a half. Every single day I had cards and every single day and then all of a sudden this perfect mate showed up for me. So we're coming to the end of the segment. Any last words? Give us your website. Anything, anything. It's yours to say whatever you feel is in your heart and in your mind. Well, I'm just feeling really blessed to be with you today, Elaine, and also all of our listeners and look forward to continuing this conversation 
And anyone who would like to find out more about the ABC process that I talked about, there's information on my website. Also, if anyone wants to join our morning uh, meditation practice, it's all for free. Uh, and uh, it's patriciakeel.com. So thank you so much, Elaine. Many blessings to you and Ken, and happiness in the new year. Well, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you, Patricia. You are such an inspiration to me and so many. And I want to thank you for coming on, for taking the time. And to my listeners, you know, listen to take heart to what is being said. You know, we all want to succeed. We all want peace on earth. We all want justice. We all want the best for our children. And the only way we're going to get there is to believe that we deserve it, to believe that we can have it, and to work on our own inner self to bring more and more peace and love out into the world. So I thank you for that, Patricia. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of the day. And Happy New Year once again. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, my goodness, folks. I'm telling you, I'm, an, I'm another person. I'm a different person from when I walked into the room. And, you know, we have three minutes here. We have three minutes left. And I want to read this thing, A Call to Action. Humbly I call to thee, great cosmic energy, come to my side and be my guide with all the richness you provide. I will keep my head up and my heart open as my desires to you are spoken. I call to thee, profound energy, fill me with motivation and winning strategy. Come to my side and be my guide. I call to thee, cosmic energy. And that's what Patricia and I have been talking about, to go inside, to do those affirmations, to do those resolutions, to really believe in yourself. You know, at the end of the month, the first Monday of the month, we always do the Women's Spaces Pledge. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. It depends, my self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself. And I say the creator now. Some people call the higher power Jesus, Buddha. It doesn't matter. It's this cosmic energy that we call on to give us a better life and a better understanding. And it is definitely the way to peace. Well, that's it for our show. A special thank you to Dr. Reverend Patricia Meal for being such a great guest and giving us such useful information. A reminder, all the information you heard on the show will be listed on www.womenspaces.com. Also, if you want to wish anyone a happy birthday, an anniversary, a birth, and uh, condolences, write me at Elaine at Women's Spaces, and I'm happy to announce it. Tell your friends Women's Spaces will be aired again this evening. It's Monday evening at 11 o'clock. I'm so excited. I get to listen to my own program. Also, I'm available for speaking engagements, and if you have any announcements you'd like to have on the air, Again, I say do not hesitate to email me at elaine at womenspaces.com. Remember, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. Once again, Happy New Year, everybody. 2022 is going to be the year of justice and peace. That's what I feel like. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you again. She can feel so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. And who is sure to give you courage? 
Previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 3rd, 2022.